Sleepers Podcast, all good things come to an end edition. We are a couple days away from the Final Four, and we have some breaking news to share with the listeners. This will be the last episode of the Sleepers Podcast. Um, As I mentioned, all good things come to an end, just like Michigan's March run. Uh, It's been a great year. Carter and I have really enjoyed getting to know a lot of people. We've had a lot of fun engaging with listeners and had a lot of fun doing the show. But, um, you know, we we talked over the weekend and just kind of decided that there's some individual things that the two of us want to pursue. And, um, you know, this is a a mutual respect parting of ways. Carter, you know, I love you. You know, uh, this has been fun. Um, But yeah, this will be the last episode and hopefully you won't uh, forget about us. Yeah. And just so y'all know, it's not like a hate thing or anything. I don't hate Greg. Greg doesn't hate me. It's just like, you know, sometimes people just got different views on things, got to go their separate ways. Like, you know, Destiny's Child broke up. I'm Beyonce. Greg can be Solange or, or not Solange. Greg can be Michelle or Kelly. But, I'll be- you know, <laughs> I just got to go out and do my solo thing. I'm going to support G and his solo endeavors. And, you know, we talked about this and we just came to this. You know, just came to this point. All good things come to an end. It's not just a phrase. They really do come to an end. So it was fun. I enjoyed it. And that's a lie. That's some bullshit. It's April Fool's. Uh, <laughs> I was I was trying so hard. I had to look away from you because I was about to start laughing. I know. I did too. Well played though. Good job. Nice uh, nice Destiny's Child reference. Oh, I was hey. going mm-hmm. on it. What, what's that song? We ain't. Mm. <laughs> Go nowhere. Yeah, all that. Hey. We ain't going nowhere. It's April Fool's when we're recording this. You're not listening to this till after April Fool's, but that's fine. We still had to get our pranks on. You already know. Uh, Carter and I did have a little Twitter beef earlier this week, but uh, that's part of the brand. Obviously, we argue with each other, and that's yeah. The thing. That was real it's too. Love. I, I did not like Greg at that moment. <laughs> It was some beef, man. It was but look, it Carter, was... Carter has canceled and uncanceled our Final Four trip seven times this week. I have. I have. <laughs> it is what it is. And I was a lot more upset about it when I thought the Michigan Wolverines were going to be playing in that Final Four, which they're clearly not. So, I mean, do we do we start there? We have to start there, Greg. Can, can, I, can I get my little bit in first? Go ahead. Okay. You know, we started this podcast, and – Michigan was on a roll. Everything was great. Jawan, the new, the new, the fresh shoes, the fresh hairline, the person everybody wanted to play for, going out on the floor, mopping things up, doing everything, helping his players up. The team was playing good. Everyone's playing good. No one can stop Hunter Dickinson. Franz Wagner's a lottery pick. Mike Smith is a Columbia transfer god. We are good. And just our luck. Alabama loses and we have to play UCLA and Mick Cronin for a chance to go to the final four after a great season. And you as a team put up 49 points in a regulation NCAA men's basketball game. Okay. I have right now for people who are not watching this, I have two fingers up. Those are the number of field goals that that German fraud Franz Wagner hit and Mike Smith hit combined. Combined, Gregory. Let me paint another picture for you, okay? First round games, Aaron Henry, game winner, 
Oh my God, I can't believe somebody would shoot an air ball on a game winner. Who would do that? Mm. Well, interesting you asked that. I know someone who would do that and did do that. And his name is Anz Wagner, okay? Because he ain't for real. I stole that from you, but I'm using it, all right? So go ahead and tell me, and just let me know what is truly wrong because you were talking your shit. You were talking big shit, and you should have been because your boys are hooping. But now you got to explain yourself because that is what I call laying an egg. It was an egg. It's an egg. I'm not. I'm not here to untalk shit because, as you mentioned, I was right to talk shit for over a year now. Um, I said before the UCLA game, I had multiple people text me and. I'd like friends, Michigan State fans, Michigan fans, bunch of people texting, calling me like, how, how nervous should we be? And I was extremely overconfident. I was like, I love this matchup. UCLA can't score on Michigan. Like we're good. Little did I know that even though UCLA couldn't score on Michigan, we were still not good. That's the problem there. As you mentioned, I have a new name for Franz Wagner. That would be Anz Wagner because he ain't for real. You can drop the FR. Look, he's not a lottery pick. He's just not. Is he a pro? Yes. And that's great. Is he a two-way wing that can guard and maybe be a three and D guy? Yeah. If you think the three-point shot translates, but like shot 31% from three last year, 34% from three this year. And I think he was like four for his last 30 in March and in postseason play. Like, look, this isn't about Franz though. He had a horrible game. Franz is he's still the best player on that team other than Hunter Dickinson, depending on how you want to look at it. There were some weird things that happened in that game. Juwan was great in the Florida state game, as good of a coach with in-game decisions as he could have been preparation game plan, all that. He was really bad for this UCLA game. We had Franz not guarding Johnny Juzang the entire first half. You could say he was terrible. He's bad. He's bad. And Look, I am, you know what? Now I'm going to get the chip back on my shoulder because here's the thing. If this exact game happened to you and your fan base and all the same decisions were made, there would be no one willing Craig, to say Craig, Tom Izzo was Craig, bad Craig, in that game. Craig, let me I'm just, stop I'm you there. Saying okay? I'm first saying of all, there's like 20 games in the NCAA season. We put up 49 a lot this year, right? Yeah, I know. And how how often when I'm trying to say Izzo's doing something wrong, did anyone from the Michigan State side agree? Never. They can't criticize okay. their coach. I can't and, I can't speak for other Michigan State people. I said Izzo was messing up. Well, long story short, I'll look you in the eye and I'm not afraid to say Jawan was horrible. He was horrible in the UCLA game. That's the story. Like in a bunch of different ways. We had no offensive adjustment other than pound the ball into Hunter Dickinson for the entire first half, that huge stretch run where UCLA outscored us 18 to eight over a 12 minute stretch. Hunter Dickinson didn't touch the ball for 10 minutes. He didn't touch the rock. Y'all were letting one player do you in. And that's, is that the only offensive adjustment we had in crunch time? In the second half is run through Hunter Dickinson. Why didn't we do that for the 10 minutes where we couldn't score in the first? Why was Franz not on Johnny Juzang as he went eight for 10 in the first half? Johnny Juzang, if you haven't noticed, is a extremely talented shot-making big guard. You know who struggles to guard extremely talented big shot-making guards? Eli fucking Brooks. He's been struggling with it all year. So 
great call to stick Eli on him. Just let the guy get hot. Basically let one guy beat you. Like you just said, there was a moment in the second half where, and God bless custard. I swear to God, I, I got to eat some words on Austin custard. Davis. Cause he's been, he's been good. Like he he's been better than I ever thought he was capable of being over the stretch and run. of. The he season. can actually go to his right hand. Unlike Hunter Dickinson, he can do some things. You're right. He can do some things. And, but there, that said, there's a point with seven minutes left in the ball game. Michigan's down three points with seven minutes left in their season. Final four on the line. And we're running our offense through Austin Davis. Why? That's just, that's just, that's just being unserious. That's, not, that's it, not really wanting to win the game. It just hurts, man. And look, at the end of the day, players have to make shots. And it's not like... Jawan hasn't been the coach of the year. He just won national coach of the year today. I think he deserved that. Gonzaga fans are bitching that the guy who had the preseason number one team in the country and beat BYU three times should have won national coach of the year. Fuck off. Sorry. Tangent. Jawan's been good, but he's not above criticism in this game. I don't think he put the guys in a, in a spot to be successful. In that game, it was just, were guys going to make shots and were we going to be talented enough to just survive? And the answer was no. Before I give you my, my, you know, my analysis of the Michigan game, I just want to say that Michigan State and Michigan this year are one and one on the year and we lost to the same team in the tournament. Do with that information what you will. No, here's I've, what I'll say, I've thought about it. I've thought about that. Here, here's what I'll say, though, G. The To the Michigan fans, we're kind of shaking this off and like, okay, like, yeah, maybe this was house money and like we're shaking off this L and like this year we didn't expect it. Like, so it just happened. Like, we'll be back. Like, yeah, you had the recruiting class come in. Yeah, you have Juwan, you had the staff, you are going to have the personnel, I think, every year to compete for Final Fours. That being said, it is not easy to make it to a Final Four. Okay. So when you had the opportunity to do so, against a team that you should beat. Like you should have, like Michigan should have beat UCLA. If they play them another 20 times, I bet you Michigan would win 19 times. It's very hard to get to a final four. And the fact that you laid an egg to get to the final four is even worse. Like, okay, the game of basketball, sometimes the other team just puts the, and I'm gonna do it. Sometimes the other team puts the orange thing in the 10-foot thing, more times than you do, you say, all right, good game. You took my best shot. I took your best shot. You beat me. It happens. It is what it is. But, like, it, it's – when you lay an egg and lose, like, it's just terrible. Like, that's – it's it's a pain that you don't want to feel. Like, you're missing out on an opportunity. So, for the people that are saying, like, okay, like, it's whatever. It'll happen again. Like, okay, yeah, it might happen again. But the fact is – you were one game away from a Final Four. You were a couple possessions away from a Final Four. Even with how bad you played in that game, you had chances to win that game and go to a Final Four, and you're not going to a Final Four. You're going home, and that's ass. Yeah, that's that, everything you said is a fact. I mean, I think it, it's a very hard thing to separate right now for me personally, and I, I'm sure for a lot of Michigan fans, exactly what you just said. The fact that Final Fours are hard to come by, when you have an opportunity that's right there in your hands against a team you're more talented than, I mean, to not capitalize on that hurts incredibly bad. Right. Um, I think the the hard thing to square that with is that, yes, I do think this team did 
about as good as they could have done. I mean, when you got, when I got hit with the Isaiah livers news without knowing what the draw was going to be. I mean, I just wrote this off that like, well, there goes the season quite honestly. Like I, it's like sweet 16 is a success and it's hard to balance that because obviously in the moment it's like, Oh my God, we should have made the final four. But if you told me beforehand, we lose a one possession game in the elite eight, I'm taking that. So I don't know. I, I disagree with the concept. Like while you're right, final fours are hard to come by. They, they matter. You've got to capitalize on them. I just don't like, I, I, I can see what you're trying to do and put some skepticism into the future of like, we'll see if you're actually going to get back there. No, I'll no, look, no, no, no. I'll look see, the I'm camera not, in the eye. I'm not trying to do that because if I'm a betting man, which I am, I would bet that you guys do have a chance to make another Final Four run. You'll have the coaching. You'll have the talent. Juwan's going to bring the talent in. This might be Juwan's least talented team while he's in Michigan. You beat me to it. This is the least talented but, version but of Michigan But that is no reason to overlook the fact that you had a chance and all you had to do was beat UCLA, a team that was in the playing game, to get to the Final Four. And you had so many chances to do it, even after how shitty you played. You had a stretch of possessions down there where you could have won the game. Like, that's... Like, don't overlook that. We're not looking to next year. Like, next year is, okay, that's dope. But, like, you you should be in the Final Four right now. You're right. It hurts. Like, what, what it else should, are you going to say? It hurts. It sh- I hope it does hurt. But it hurts. But it also doesn't hurt as bad as it should hurt because, like, oh, this but. team this team won the Big Ten, which was the best conference in basketball in the regular season. They hung a banner. And at the end of the day, they won three games in March. Like, I, yes, I'm hurt that it's UCLA. If they had just played Alabama and lost, I'm not upset. If they – honestly, with the way LSU played, like, I would be upset that they lost that game. But, like, at least LSU played well in that game. Like, if UCLA had just shot the ball even better than they did, I'm just like, well, UCLA is kind of on a special run here. Like, the hard part to swallow is just that UCLA didn't even play well. Michigan had what five shots to win it down the stretch. Every single guy on the floor had a shot to tie or win the game and everybody missed like, like before the game, if I was like, Greg, UCLA scored 51 points, like that game, you would have been like, Oh, we won by 20. I'd be bankrupt is what I would be because I would have put all of myself and my family's money on Michigan (laughs) winning that game. And luckily that was not an available betting line. I did. I, I was texting DK and you, uh, David Klein from Spartan hoops, who I think is going to listen to this. He's been a huge supporter and just a nice guy of us lately. Um, But I was texting you guys and I was like, I think the hardest part right now for me to swallow with this is that Michigan as a program, like me as a Michigan basketball fan for the last decade, has not really ever lost in March to a team that were better than like the, the staple of the John Beeline era was just that like pretty reliably his teams either overperform or do what they're supposed to do in the tournament. Even if that means lose, if that means losing the sweet 16, that means lose, you know, like the only loss on Beeline's track record at Michigan was the Ohio loss in his Mm -hmm. first tournament. Like this, this is the most painful loss for me as a fan since that game because I forgot what it feels like to lose to a team that my team is better than and that is like like as I'm squaring that and I'm processing that we've been really spoiled man like John John Beeline absolutely spoiled me as a fan and I think 
I was so nervous for Jawan's first tournament because as much as I love him as a recruiter and as much as we talk about that stuff, I have questioned how great he is of an in-game coach. I know he runs good sets. I know they run good offense. I know they have a good defensive strategy. Like, I don't question, is he a smart guy? But I've questioned, like, is he going to make the right subs? Is he going to make the right one play call at the end of a game to put us in a spot where we can win a tournament game? Like, I was nervous about that. And had he lost in the first round, had he got upset, had he not made a sweet 16, I think there's loud critics who are saying, oh, underachieved. Team won the Big Ten. Oh, Illinois, look at you. You lost to an eight seed. Like, and at the very least, we avoided that. There's no one who doubts Jawan Howard now. Like, that game sucked. They got the best recruiting class Michigan's had in decades. They have the best recruiting class in the country. There's a lot of buzz that a certain senior will be back next year. I don't know if I should be breaking news or if you even know who I'm talking about right now. Um, but they're going to be in a good spot next year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's going to be plenty. Like, this is a perfect situation for Juwan because Juwan is, I would say, a top – at the moment, he's a top three recruiter in college basketball as a head coach. Uh, you could even make the argument for number one since his class is number one. So not only is he getting these recruits in, but with the whole rules about COVID and transfers right now, the transfer portal is going to be flooded. And there's going to be a lot of players, I think, out there that are going to want to play for Jawan and see what Jawan did this year are going to want to play for him. So the opportunity is there. So, yeah. And the thing is, like... Don't, don't fumble the bag. And the thing is... Like part of it is roster construction too. I don't know if this would be a whole nother conversation. We don't need to spend too much time on, but like this team's ceiling was capped to a certain extent because of their backcourt. It just was. And I've, I've been the guy all season that's saying Mike Smith has a big shot in March coming. I believe in Mike Smith. Hey, hey, hold on a second. Cause now the wheels are turning a little bit. Because I believe that somebody was castrated on this here podcast because he made a point that the downfall of Michigan hoops might be Mike Smith in March. Well, the the downfall of Michigan hoops was not Mike Smith is the thing. He he definitely put a little pinch into it, into the pot. No, the downfall for Michigan hoops was Ons Wagner having the worst game of his career mixed with a bunch of guys missing shots. Like, that's that's what it was. But Mike Smith included, but like – it, it wasn't like Michigan didn't lose to UCLA because of Mike Smith. Michigan would have lost to Gonzaga by a lot because of Mike Smith and because of a couple other guys. Like this is, I was texting another friend of mine, Chad Cutler today about next year's roster. And okay. If someone comes back or if like we're in the transfer portal, who are we going after? And I'm like, you know who Michigan's competing with now? It's Gonzaga. Like the moves we're making for next year should be about, how are we going to match up with the best of the best? Not yeah, about how got... are we going to win a Big Ten. Yeah, not, not about how are we going to match up with the boys in East Lansing. Yeah, like, damn skippy. With all due respect, the, the moves that need to be considered are ones that say, can I win a national championship with this roster? Because we had a front court this year when Isaiah Lewis was healthy. We had a front court that was good enough to win a national title. I think they're going to have a front court next year that's good enough to win a national title. I really do. I mean, it's some freshmen and you got to hope they're lucky, but I think Hunter Dickinson's going to be a preseason all American. You think Dickinson's back for sure? hundred percent. hundred percent. He, uh, he tweeted something at Frankie Collins, the point guard recruit 
this week about like Jersey numbers because mm-hmm. Frankie wants Hunter's Jersey number. And Hunter was just like, basically like, I'm going to need it next year. Like, LOL. You can have it. Cause I'm gone. No, the exact opposite of that. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, it's like, so uh, the, the rumor mill, the buzz is that Eli Brooks is back and everybody, uh, all Michigan fans, I know pretty rightfully so are excited about that. I'm not, <laughs> am I crazy for that? I'm, I'm not pumped about that. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I wouldn't be either. Like, okay, I mean, I mean, you made a good point earlier that he doesn't count towards the scholarships and things like that. But th- that's what? How many minutes did Eli Brooks average this year? Thirty. Like th- that's like what? What's keeping him from averaging that again next year? Like, well, and the thing is, like, I mean, it's hard to complain because this is like such a rich man's problem to have, but like. Eli Brooks is a 42% shooter from three who's played so many major minutes on really good teams for his whole career. Like objectively bringing him back is a good thing. But if I'm trying to win a national championship. Yeah, I was about to say, you just pointed out to me that Eli Brooks is not in the rotation for a national championship backcourt. That's what I'm saying. And it's like, it's the bar to me has changed. Like Eli Brooks is a great player on a big 10 champion team. We won the big 10. Like, we should have blown Michigan state out. We should have been better than we were, but like the, the bottom line is that's a conference. It's a conference championship team that Eli Brooks was a huge part of. Now that said, I I think I saw a stat. No team in NCAA history has had a starting backcourt, two positions, point guard, shooting guard, that neither one of them averaged 10 points a game. No teams won at all with that. Michigan had that this year. I mean, Mike Smith and Eli Brooks averaged nine a game. So, like, is, is Eli going to come back and jump up and be a 15 points a game scorer? No, he's who he is. He's a guy who's in the right place at the right time, and even when he's in the right place at the right time, shoots some flimsy fadeaway hook shot with 10 seconds left when he could have dribbled it back out or gone up strong. He was like, probably, okay, first of all, that's not his fault. He was just rattled oh, at his lottery pick swing man airballed from that. Uh, the moment that is going to haunt me forever is not Franz's miss there. It's Eli's offensive rebound where he could have had an uncontested, strong layup board tap that he instead chose to shoot some literally like there's 0.3 on the clock when we had two. I, he's supposed to be a heady guy, man. I guess that's what y'all teach over there in uh, Ann Arbor. Well, and look again, not trying to pin it on a couple guys, but who was Juzang feeding the entire first half? Eli. Who was Dwayne Washington feeding the entire Ohio State game? Eli. Who was I or not I assume who were all the Illinois guards feeding all of the Michigan game? Who's Rocket Watts feeding? Do you see a trend here? Like that's it. And look, I, I like Eli. Hey, I respect hey, Eli. Hey, I do gotta say though, your boy Ons was getting his fair share of smoke with Juzang. Yeah. He was on him too. No, he wasn't. Juzang he got oh, he definitely got some ones. He hit a couple. Juzang's great, dude. He's great. He's a tough shot maker and a great player. If he doesn't go eight for ten in the first half on Eli Brooks. It's a different game. So I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. Like, if we're bringing Eli back, wh- who's our point guard? Is Eli running the point next year? Is it all in on Frankie Collins? Is it I, Zeb Jackson? Like, I just don't – I don't see – I mean, maybe he does, but I don't know. I just don't see Juwan just handing the keys to a freshman point guard. I think he would if the kid deserves it, and I think the jury's out if Frankie deserves it or not. But I think, like, my my ideal situation would be – What if be, Mike Smith comes back? 
He won't come back. At least that's the buzz. I mean, if Eli's back, Mike wouldn't come back. Would you rather have Mike or Eli back? I'd rather have Mike back personally, but at least it was a no brainer. I'd rather have Mike back before the tournament. Now I at least second guess it a little bit because Mike didn't have a great tournament, but I don't know. I just think like the wish list for Michigan, you know, I love my wish list. We do that on this show all the time. The wish list for Michigan needs to be get an elite shot making guard. I don't care how you get them. Like you have to get one of those. And Frankie Collins, who I'm as high on as anybody in the world, isn't a shot maker. I was like, I don't really think you have an elite. I mean, Houston's an elite spot up shooter, but he's not a shot maker, I would say. Like, you could run him off the line, I feel like. He doesn't really have the, you know, get his own shot type of guy. Like, you you guys don't have a a Max Christie coming in. (laughs) We'll see about that. But. No, it's the truth. Like the downfall of this Michigan team was shot making. They were so good that the balance of that team was the go-to guy is the open guy. Like that's a special thing, except for when you're in a one possession game with five minutes left and nobody can go get a bucket. Like, and look, Michigan fans, I, me included have all season long been saying, Oh, we dodged a bullet. We didn't get Josh Christopher. Sure would have liked to have Josh Christopher with 20 oh seconds Oh, my God. You are listening to a broken man. This dude, G, is so broken that he is saying he wanted Josh Christopher. Look, for the, for the whole season, did it matter? No. In a tie game, when our best offensive play was to go to a guy who's one for 10 from the floor who can't create his own shot off the bounce? Yeah. I want a shot-making guard. I want an elite shot-making guard, man. And Jawan can pitch anybody in the country on anything he wants. He's that good. The pitch isn't a hard one. Like, get on the phone with Marcus Carr. Get on the phone with Joseph Yesifu. Get on the phone with whatever good guard in Is America. Is Joseph Yesifu in the portal? Oh, shit. I just blew for our segment coming up. Yeah, Yesifu just hit the portal like an hour ago. Oh, damn. Okay. But that's like you call every shot making guard in the country and you say, listen, we have the best, most talented, biggest front court in the country. Bro, the portal is. Come nuts. be the guy. Sorry. I don't want to jump on it. The portal is crazy right now. The portal is crazy. All right. Anything else on Michigan or are you done just. No, I mean reveling in my misery. Yeah, I mean it's good to see. I mean y'all should be hanging your head in shame. That's embarrassing. Um, so I mean I, you ain't gotta have me tell you. That's bad. I do. I'm a little concerned about this whole Michigan Michigan State losing to the same team twice in a row thing. Yeah, that's that's tough. But I'm keep my eye on that. But when my you know swing man had an open shot. He did miss it, but he hit the rim. Congrats. Hang the banner. <laughs> uh, anything on Michigan State that we need to cover? I mean, uh, a couple weeks since y'all played. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good one. Uh, I can't believe teams are losing in March. Wild, right? Um, but, I mean, we're, we've, we've had a couple guys have already gone to the portal and Hoiberg and uh, Rocket Watts. Uh, I already commented on it, but like it was just time for a change with Rocket Man. Like it just wasn't going to work here. So best of luck to him in his next endeavor. But it was just time. Um, and then we lost TJ's favorite player and step back Jack. So he's going to go to some school that I don't really care about. But 
Uh, there might be a couple more players that go into the portal. I don't really know. Uh, don't want to speculate on anything, but I do have a couple guesses. Um, and oh, also, I'd be remiss if I didn't say big time transfer getting Tyson Walker from Northeastern for the Spartans. Eh. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. Big's a relative word. Greg, come on. Big's a relative word. I mean, listen, for, for Michigan This State is coming fans, from a guy who was rock hard because you guys got Mike Smith from Columbia, but I can't be hyped first that of I all, got Tyson I, Walker go, from Northeastern. I will go back to our text when we got Mike Smith. I was not rock hard. I was saying, I think this is good, but I'm kind of skeptical. And then Zach Hurth, our boy, Coach Z, was like, yeah, dude, anybody that can average 20 and 7, he's nice, no matter where he is. So I'm like, okay, maybe. But – did we not just have the discussion that Mike Smith was part of Michigan's downfall and state fans want to flip and say a worse version of Mike Smith is he's not a worse version of Mike. Smith. He's Mike Smith. If he didn't have a growth stunt when he was yeah. 14, it, Mike Smith is 20 pounds bigger than Tyson Walker. Yeah. But that's be- okay. So what? So you're, you're, your point guard shaped like a chode. Who cares? Listen, 160 pound volume scorers don't grow on trees. 160 pounds. <laughs> That's that is what it is. I mean, why you, when you have an opportunity as a big 10 powerhouse to get a 160 pound volume scorer, you've got to sign that man up. Hey, no, but I really like Tyson Walker. Uh, Just a comment on his game real quick. I think like fans are going to, from what I've seen, I'm not going to act like I watched a Northeastern game this year because I didn't, but from the highlights I've seen, he does the same stuff that kind of Rocket does, but like he actually makes the oh, shots he takes. Sign me up if he does what Rocket does. No, sign but me like, up. okay, imagine if Rocket hit was a hit shots. I mean, yeah, and that, it, that would be and, nice. And, and I'll be happy to announce he does not do floaters fading away from the rim. He goes for layup strong at the cup, so that's good too. I mean. Okay. It's a really good pickup. He was, I mean, we out recruited Bill Self at Kansas. He, a lot of high major programs wanted him. Not a lot of high major programs wanted Mike Smith. Not true. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a big pickup. I'll probably comment more on state in a, in kind of the next upcoming episode. Cause I think there's a lot of shaking up that's going to do, but for anyone listening out there, we do got a Clarkston three for one deal. You take Fife, you get Kiffier and lawyer with you. If you want that, just let me know. Oh man, that kills me. Um, I have my cigar right now. I was about to spark up that OG Jawan Kush real quick and just smoke that maize and blue pack for the boys. Rest in piss. <laughs> in all seriousness, Tyson Walker is an upgrade over anybody Michigan State had in the backcourt this past season. All you got to say is upgrade. You don't have to say anything else after that. That's not saying much, but so, it is an upgrade. All right, Greg. Cool. Uh, Last thing on Jawan, did you see his Zoom call where him and Luca Garza were the only two Onyx? They got player of the year and coach of the year today. No, I didn't see that. So they got like it was literally just them and a bunch of reporters, and like they awarded Luca, then they awarded Jawan, and then like everybody said their goodbyes. And like as the media were logging out, like basically Jawan thinking it wasn't being recorded anymore, but obviously it's still being recorded. Yeah. Was like, hey, hey, Luca, hang on for a sec. And Luke was like, yeah, what's up? He was like, hey, good luck to you in the NBA, young man. Like, if you ever need anything, for real, if you ever need anything, I'm here for you. That's pretty and dope. Like, well, it just it becomes the greatest recruiting pitch ever for Juwan. Like, again, it's just the coolest oh, video. So, oh, okay, but let's let's be serious. He knew it was being recorded. 
A hundred percent. But that's like, I just, oh man, the stock of Jawan Howard, even though I just questioned what he did in that game, could not be higher in the eyes of probably any young man that plays basketball in America. Why would you not want to play for Jawan Howard right now? He's never been to a final four. It's true. He's been to the same number of sweet 16s as Izzo has in the last six years. Hasn't been to a final four. Izzo has. Next question. <laughs> uh, this offseason is going to be fun, Cart. It is. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> it really is. Uh, okay, I think we can move away from the Wolverines and the Spartans. Do you want to you wanna get into my transfer segment? Uh, you want to do Final Four first or no? Let's say Final Four for last. Okay. All right, let's get into the transfer segment. Talk to me. So I, I have an idea. Obviously, the transfer portal is popping off. There are more good players than ever. There's going to be more good players. Like by the time you listen to this, we're probably going to leave out a bunch of big names. Um, but we're going to do the first ever that I'm aware of official transfer portal draft live on this very podcast right now. We will go back and forth snake draft style, selecting players until we each have a starting lineup. And then at the end of that starting lineup, we will compare our teams and decide who won. So snake style. So you'll either get the first pick or you'll get the second and the third pick. And then it'll repeat the rest of the way till we each have five. Can I say something before we do this? Of course. Uh, For my team, there are factors. I think that, you know, kind of value off the basketball court. Uh, I'm not drafting anybody that ain't got no drip. I ain't drafting anybody that can't go to a frat and get theirs. Like I, there's a lot of things that go into it. I need people that are in the community. I need people that are doing good things. They're family people. Uh, it's a lot more than putting the ball in the cup, but that is a factor. And I can literally guarantee that anybody who chooses on these teams is going to pick my team over Greg's if you wow. want to win a basketball game. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that, Carter. Uh, my criteria may not be the same as yours. Let's flip a coin and see who gets the first pick, unless you want to just give me the first pick and take no. second and third. No. Do you want the first pick and I'll take second and third? No, I want the coin to decide. Okay. Uh, as always, your heads, I am tails. And it's heads yet again. Bro, I'm going to run for the ages. I will listen to trade offers. Nah, you can have one. I, I, if you take who I think you're going to take at one, I didn't want this player anyway. You didn't? Okay. My first pick is Marcus Carr. Didn't want him. Give me a give me a spiel about why Marcus Carr is your is your pick. There. Uh, I think Marcus Carr is a good coach away from being like an absolute beast. Um, I don't. I mean, he already is a beast. He averaged nineteen four and four, nineteen five and five in a Big Ten. He's one of the better guards in the Big Ten. I think he's a bucket getter. But I think he was on a with a really bad coach with Patino, who's no longer there. Um, I think with some really good coaching, he could really go to another level. Um, I'd be surprised if he plays another year of college. I could really see him going pro. But, uh, yeah, I think – I mean, he's a bucket, and I need my point guard to be able to go get a bucket. So, Marcus Carr is that guy. Where do you think Marcus Carr will actually end up? Because a lot of people are saying, like, he's actually just going to go into the draft and the mm-hmm. whole transfer thing is not a real thing. Do you think yeah, he plays I think college? Pro. I think pro for me. Is he going to get drafted, though? No, but like, what is another year of college going to do for him? See, I he reminds me of where Io DeSumo was at last year. 
Io could have gone pro. He yeah, was but- in NBA circles. And then he comes back, and now he's going to be a first-round pick. Yeah, but, like, Io, there's a thing, like, basically, if he goes back to school and he shoots better, he'll be a better draft pick, and he did that. Like, are there, is there something out there that people are like, if Marcus Carr goes back to school and well, – I mean, He could shoot it a little better, number one. I get. I mean, I, could, I guess I could see that, but, you know. I think they're similar players, I guess, is my thing. Like, do I, do I think Marcus Carr could come to – well – could come to a team that needs a point guard that has a great front court that would be a top five team in the country, average 16 a game, lead them in scoring, be way more efficient, and Damn, be a lottery man, pick. Some yes. respect for yourself. You're out here doing giving Marcus Carr a little come to come to Ann Arbor strip tease on this pod. Relax, my guy. Hey, if if they get somebody like Marcus Carr, it's a wrap. Okay. Is all I will say. It's right, first official pick of the transfer portal draft to team cartel is Marcus Carr. All right, fair pick. Um, it's a it's a decent drop from there. Like, there's no other superstar that I'm aware of at this point. Um, so I am going to take who I think is the highest ceiling player other than Marcus Carr, which is Walker Kessler, who transferred from North Carolina. Uh, he transferred before the Roy William news today. Five-star recruit. Michigan was originally high on him. He was a John Beeline recruit. Um, can really shoot that thing. Only averaged like four and three this year, but he rarely ever played more than 10 minutes a game. So I think wherever Walker Kessler ends up, I think, I mean, he has the skill and the talent to make a Hunter Dickinson-like impact, different mm-hmm. play style, but he's damn near as big. He's super skilled. And if he goes to a power five team that needs a center and needs 30 minutes from him, He's going to be a bucket. Good pick. So, okay. I've got Walker Kessler and now I need, well, okay. I'm, I'm going to steal this guy from you because I'm pretty sure you would take him based on the criteria you mentioned. I'm going to take Adam Miller. Son of a bitch. I'm going to take Adam Miller because I believe in Adam Miller. Adam Miller did not have a phenomenal year in the non-conference at Illinois. He looked like he was going to be a superstar. He was not close to an all-conference guy in the Big Ten. He also lost his role down the stretch to Curbelo. He didn't close games for Illinois very often. They usually did the three-point guard thing with Frazier, Io, and Curbelo. Um, shocked by this transfer? I mean, he yeah, was... I, uh, I feel like, I mean, I don't want to speculate on some negativity, but there's got to be something there. Like, it, it just seems like a situation where, like, he could stay there and it'd be him and Curbelo, and, like, that's your backcourt for the next – two years or or who knows like that's your backcourt right there I just don't really it's it's an interesting move um I didn't really see it coming at all uh so I don't really know yeah rumors are saying that which we probably shouldn't even speculate but that a family member of Miller's is pretty down on his experience at Illinois and is prompting Mm -hmm. him to hit the portal um that family member may or may not think he should have been a one-and-done player he didn't get the opportunity to at Illinois so I guess that's fair. I'll say this. Adam Miller's not a one and done player. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even think he's a two and done. Like, I don't think he gets to a 35 minutes a game role and is a lottery pick or anything right. like he's that. Still a six, he's a six, three, two guard. Yeah. Um, but he is, I mean, that said, I think he's a, an all conference player somewhere. If given the opportunity, um, just a, a fun player to watch too. And ha ha, Illinois, 
That's what you get. Y'all thought you were going to be nice. You thought you were this program that was becoming a powerhouse. You just centered your entire future around a point guard that can't shoot, that makes the fancy play instead of the right play every single time. And guess what? His own dudes don't even like playing with him. So enjoy it. That's what you get. You put Trent Frazier on the cover and you disrespected disrespected Ace Wolf. So now he's gone. All right. Those are my two. You've got two picks now. Okay. Ooh. I have two picks, right? You've got two picks. Okay. So I know another one you're gonna pick too. I just want to pick guys you're gonna pick to piss you off. That's kind of that's I mean, you should probably focus on yourself um instead of worrying about me. But um my next pick, uh being the big man I am, I'm going big man on this pick. Ooh. I am, and I am going with Trey Mitchell from UMass. Whoa. Now, let me tell you guys, there's a certain on my board. Man. He wasn't on my board. Hey, there's a certain man, and I am that man who bet on a lot of UMass games this year. Okay. Trey Mitchell is a monster. I'm talking like he's a monster. He's going to give you 20. He's going to give you eight. He's going to dunk it. He can shoot it. He can do all that. UMass is not a good team. Okay. But like he's got the size, he's long, pause. He's got what it takes. He's going to be a dominant player at a bigger school next year. I'm telling you right now, Trey Mitchell is going to make some real noise. He made some noise this year. Like he was the best player in the A-10 to me as a sophomore. And he was probably the best player last year as a freshman. Like he's that good. So he's going to go to a bigger school, be on a bigger stage, play better competition, all that. He's going to be dominant. He's going to be a monster. So Trey Mitchell, my first front court pick. Bad pick. Okay. That's what you say. <clears throat> Anyways, to my next pick, going back to the backcourt. And I'm going with, Greg, you want to guess what I'm going to get? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to guess it, and then you're going to not pick him, and then you might pick him next time. And I'm going to want to pick like Mr. Irrelevant. I'm going with Chris Likes from Miami. He, I knew you'd end up with him somewhere. Dude, Chris Likes is a really good player on a really bad team. And he's been productive at the ACC level his whole career. And being productive at the ACC level is not hard. Not really speaking of this year because the ACC suck. But in previous years, he's had very big games. And he carried this Miami team at times. Average last year, he was hurt all this past season. But the year before that, he was averaging 16, 5, and 5. He's very little, but he's very crafty. And he gets his shot off. And people said he wouldn't get his shot off. But he does, and he's a bucket when he does get a shot off. So I'm going to have a backcourt of buckets in Marcus Carr and Chris Likes. Listen, we said it once before. I'll say it again. 160-pound volume scorers don't grow on trees. And when you have the opportunity to get one, you got to get one. Uh, some, num- some numbers on Chris Likes real quick. Literally, 160 pounds, five foot seven, 36% from the floor this season. 27% from three. Dude, this past season, he played like eight games. He was hurt for all those games. He had a really bad ankle sprain. Oh, shit. I, I actually, I swear to God, I didn't even realize that. He played two games. So yes. throw, throw this all out the window. Yeah, good try. Stop Never trying mind. to put my team down, damn it. Never mind. Uh, okay, nice grab. Uh, back to my turn now, I believe, right? Yes. Oh, man, I'm torn. I got a bunch of like two guards that I want but I can't just build a team of all two guards. Who do I have right now? Walker Kessler and Walker Kessler and 
Oh, Adam Miller. Adam Miller. Yep. All right. I guess I'll take uh, the best available guard on the board to me, which is Joseph Yesifu from mm-hmm. Drake. Um, we saw it in the play in game. Joseph Yesifu has the ability to just take over an NCAA tournament game and be the best player on the floor. He did that. He, I, he did that for stretches of the entire season in conference play, getting Drake to the tournament, that undefeated start that they had. I think he's capable of being a volume scorer at a level that he has not been. He's only a 12 points a game guy this year. But I think that uh, in the right situation in a power five team, he could be like a 15, 16 a game guy. So I'm taking very surprised. I'm very surprised you didn't go Reavers or Watts with that pick. Reavers or Watts? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, those are your guys, right? No. God, no. Nice one. Um, All right. Another another pick for me. And yet again, I'm really torn. There's dudes I want versus dudes that i know are better players but you um, your team stinks you took trey mitchell so i should probably just take who i like i don't know why you think okay go ahead go ahead and think that you're good there's a reach um okay i will take actually no i'm gonna i'm gonna build a good basketball team i'm gonna take uh from villanova Cole Swider. This dude just insulted my picks and then followed that up by picking Cole Swider. Cole Swider's nice. He's nice. He's uh listen, I need to stretch four. I'm building my team with a, a very specific goal in mind. We've got mm-hmm. five shooters on the floor at all times. We've got size. We've got versatility. Right now I've got a front court in Walker Kessler and Cole Swider who – First of all, I like the Kessler Swider names back to back. Those kind of sound alike. I like that. Um, Cole Swider, 6'9, 225, former top 40 recruit, a guy that John Beeline liked. That's enough for me. Big time shooter, shot four threes a game in only 18 minutes a game this year and hit 40% of them. I think you get Cole Swider in a 35 minute a game role, let him shoot the lights out, get seven, eight threes a game up. He's going to be a big time player. Wow, I'm shaking. Uh, Cole Swider. Okay. There's nothing I don't think I fear less than a Cole Swider, Walker Kessler front court. Well, in the college basketball world or in basketball in general. Uh, okay, so I got two picks to close it out. You have two to close it out, and then I have the final pick. Oh, okay. Oh, man. See, I, now, have, I have one guy I want, by the way. We'll see if you, you do. Please. See, now I'm kind of torn. Do I want a two-big system? Can I trust Trey Mitchell? Do I want Mitchell at the five and then surround him by just wings and guards? Oh. Shit. Um. Okay, my for my first one, I'm gonna go Audis Tony from Pittsburgh. I think he, I mean, he averaged like 14. He's off like, the board. He committed today. He did. Yeah. To where? I'm trying to remember where. Are you trying? You just trying to? No, remember? he committed to Muss, Arkansas. Ooh, wow, he'll be good at Arkansas. Oh man. Um. You know what? I'm ah, 
God damn, bro. I'm stuck <laughs> now. That really throws me off. Um, you know what? Let me get a white guy on the team. I'm going to take Justin Powell from Auburn. Okay. 6'6", six, six, kind of point forward. He has some really big games, the ones I watch. He had like 26 points, 25 back-to-back, got hurt, kind of does it all. Uh, had a kind of minimum role um, before Sharif Cooper came. And probably average like nine, four, and six. I think in a bigger role, he'll, you know, kind of play better. Uh, former top 50 recruit. I just think he's pretty good. Uh, good size is six, six as well. So I'll throw him as my three man in my lineup. He actually and averaged then, 12, 12, six, and five. Yeah. Like I'll take that. Um, and then, oh. Do you think Justin Powell is like rolling up on a sorority and like making things shake? No, but like he'll carry the backpack for everybody. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um dude, I'm so okay. All right. I'm gonna have a little bit of an undersized team. But for my last pick, I'm taking Timmy Allen from Utah. Oh, so that that was the one that I was debating when I took Cole Swider, but I didn't want like five shooting guards. Yeah, I'm going a little undersized. I was either, okay, so I don't know if this will affect your lineup, but I was either going to go too big system and get Miles Johnson from Rutgers, kind of just to be like my middle guy, rebound, block shots. But I don't want to support the too big system because <laughs> I've had to watch Izzo try to force it, and I didn't like it. So I'm going to go small lineup, one big and Trey Mitchell, and I'm going to go with Timmy Allen. Uh, played on some bad Utah teams, but he's a bucket. And he's six six, and he can shoot it. He is a bucket. Uh, really poor shooting numbers this year. Twenty six percent from three. Twenty one percent from three the year before. Um, other other than that, he is a bucket. He's a great player. Okay, so that'll that'll be my team. I and we're gonna me... we're gonna space your team out. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna attack Cole Swider. <laughs> That's a we want you to tackle. You just picked, right. you just you basically just picked Austin Thornton with a lineup. That's not true. I am uh I'm gonna take another point guard. I want a two point guard system. Um, some of the best NCAA champion teams run the two point guards out. Very dynamic players, shot makers. I just watched a team with zero shot making guards for an entire season. Be great. I want multiple shot making guards. I'm taking Michael Flowers, formerly of Western Michigan, now of South Alabama, soon to be hopefully on a power five team. Um, Michael Flowers is a guy I really was hoping would get a chance to show what he's got in the NCAA tournament. This year, he averaged 21, five and four, uh, 43% from the floor. 39 percent from three on eight attempts a game yeah. off the bounce his attempt hey, and for anyone who didn't watch south alabama games this year he was taking tough attempts from deep and he was hitting them and also one of the clutchest players in ncaa history that is not exaggeration i think that guy has like seven game winning shots mm-hmm. um over the last couple of seasons I really like if there's one kid in the portal, I just want to see on a good team and see what happens. It's Michael Flowers. I don't know where he's going to end up. Michael Flowers in the NCAA tournament, like you said, would be so much fun. And like 
Where do you, like are big teams even on him? Where do you think he ends up? Could he get to like a Creighton worst case scenario? Yeah, so maybe like a Creighton or like a, a I don't know, like a St. Louis or something. Something where he could I, just make his way to the tournament. Would you take him at state? I wouldn't mind him at Michigan. I would take I would take him. Um no, because we have Tyson. So I wouldn't. Okay. If you objectively, would you take Michael Flowers or Tyson Walker? I would take Tyson Walker. For one year? Dude, Michael Flowers does not pass. Four assists this year? Those are those are because he had to. Those aren't re- I've watched him play. He does he does not like to pass. I don't know, man. Four assists is four assists. He does not like to pass and he can't check. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. All right, so let's run through our teams real quick. Uh, mine would be probably Michael Flowers at the one, Joseph Yesifu at the two, Adam Miller at the three, Cole Swider at the four, and Walker Kessler at the five. My team, Team Cartel, Team Them Boys, all that. We got Chris Lights at the one. We got Marcus Carr at the two. We got Tony at the mm, – actually – no, no, I'm sorry, not Tony. Tony. My bad. <laughs> Justin Powell at the three, Timmy Allen at the four, and Timmy Allen and Powell could be switched three, four. Who knows? We're doing four out, one in, like the great Gonzaga boys, and that monster Trey Mitchell in the middle. All right, let's go matchup by matchup. Give me the drip evaluation. Chris okay, likes well, Chris likes Michael Flowers. That's probably going Michael Flowers. No, I gotta go lights because he's under six foot. So like, if you're under six foot, you gotta have drip, or else you're just under six foot with no drip. I mean, Michael Flowers is just damn near six foot, if not under. Okay, could we just hit, could we call it a wash? I guess I'll give you wash. I feel like if you add Michael Flowers, you'd say no questions, Michael Flowers. All right, I'll give you Michael Flowers. There you go, Michael Flowers. All right, okay. number two, uh, Marcus Carr against Joseph Yesifu. I think I'm going to have to go Marcus Carr, man. Really? Okay. Marcus Carr rocks the Kobe's. Uh, Joseph Yesfu's pigeon-toed. Um, that definitely kills swag. But, like, he's pigeon-toed with bounce. So, like, that's also. I think his bounce is most of his swag, though. True. I'll be honest. Wait, like Marcus Carr is, like, got that. I'm a bust your ass. I'm a bucket getter. Like, come get this. He, he, hoo hoo. Step back. Yank him. Bucket. Like. I'll give you Marcus Carr. Okay, All one right. one. The, I mean third. Powell Adam Miller. Am I Adam Miller? <laughs> uh, which I got. You're gonna say you win the last two, but who's your four? Cole Swider against whoever your four is against Timmy Allen. Uh, Timmy Allen doesn't have drip. <laughs> he doesn't, but like your starting center's name is Walker, so. Well, you're going to win the center matchup, so it all comes down to Cole Swider. Listen, Cole Swider, this might be a crazy accusation, kind of looks like you. Okay, first of all, He's Cole a six, Swider six, looks, six, Cole nine Swider looks like dude. me when I used to not know what haircut I wanted. I went to the barbershop and said, just give me a one all over, okay? No one does that in 2020 anymore. Go get yourself a fade. Go get yourself a taper. Grow up, okay? He's got that baby. He's got that Bo Rick super cuts cut it all off haircut i don't like that okay so first of all yes you did just disrespect me no i did no i did uh, <laughs> oh, 
just do yourself a favor if you're listening to this. Google Cole Swider and uh, then Google or Facebook or Twitter Carter Elliott and see. <laughs> I need a haircut right now, so this is a bad example. But, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get a nice little taper. You know what I'm saying? A little taper in the back, line it up, even it out. Right, looking like a big entree. All right, I'll give your team the more drip award if you give my team the better team award. No. <laughs> no like, okay, like objectively thinking, like, Greg, my team is better than your team. I, I honestly don't think so. You don't? No, I think we're picking on Chris Likes, who can't guard either one of the guys in my backcourt. Um, I think my team has more skill at all five positions. Your backcourt can... can't check. Can Chris Likes check? No, but like either can yours. Yes, if who can check for sure. You don't want to get in a scoring battle with my team. My team always wants to get in scoring battles. We're running gun, baby. Everyone on my team averages like 15 points a game. Well, five minutes in when Walker Kessler hits his third three over Trey Mitchell, we'll see if you still feel that way. We really got to post this though, because I want to know whose team. We'll we'll put like a Twitter poll out. Yeah, we'll get some votes. all right, so that concludes the first ever in world history transfer portal draft. Hopefully that becomes a yearly staple of the Sleepers podcast. Which we might have to have, an, we, we might have, to have another one, the way this portal shake out. We get like 50, other, 50 players a day. Maybe every week it's the new feature. I could probably uh, check my Twitter right now, and there's probably another 25 people who have entered it. Yeah, because I wanted some Texas Tech guys who haven't officially hit the, the portal yet. But I know Kyler Edwards to, did. He did, but I want Terrence Shannon. And people are telling me Terrence Shannon's going pro, but I think Terrence Shannon plays college next year. I would have picked Terrence Shannon if he was available in this. Me too. Wait, you wouldn't have? No, I would have. Oh, yeah, we both would have. And I would have took him as my first pick just so you wouldn't get him. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, we should probably just quickly touch on Chris Beard, that traitor going to Texas which is apparently that's where he's originally from. So it makes it a little less bitter, but like if I'm a Texas tech fan, wow. Am I angry? Bro, I'm, I'm angry and I'm asking for answers. Cause one, if you're Texas tech, like you, you got to find a way. I don't care if like, that's where he came from, how much money they're throwing at him. Like you don't let a coach like Chris Beard leave to a rival. Like yeah. you got to find a way, like get the boosters going, host a bake sale, host a car wash, do what you got to do, but come up with the funds to keep that man. Call Pat Mahomes. Just, just call Pat Mahomes. If it was an issue where basically Chris Beer was like, give me this or I'm out. And they said, no, then they have no one to blame but themselves. But also like, I love, you know, on this podcast, we love Chris Beard, but we like, do. that's kind of a, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I, I like want to like it, but like at the same time, like you're just ditching. I think a great thing at Texas tech, a team with more talent in Texas tech and going to Texas. So I don't know. Didn't sit right with me, but I'm always going to support beard and hopefully he can turn that train wreck around that Shaka left in the dust. I think we respect Chris beard more than we like Chris beard. Is that fair? Like I fear Chris beard in March and I, I know he's a great coach. I don't, I'm not like out here actively rooting for Chris Beard. I, I would love to grab a beer with Chris Beard. Probably not in my top 10 of coaches I'd like to grab a beer with. All right, what we'll to say? That'll be a good segment for next time. <laughs> top 10 coaches you want to grab a beer with. Uh, and dad gummit, Roy Williams is gone. Surprised? 
Uh, definitely surprised, uh, but I'm interested to see what the next move is going to be. Um, I've heard some rumblings of it's, it's for sure going to be a UNC guy. So I don't uh, get that. I've heard Kenny Smith. I've heard Hubert Davis, who's on the staff. Um, Wes Miller's the big one. Yeah, Wes Miller, too. Um, also, it'd be, I think UNC fans should be kind of happy because, one, I think Roy Williams is ha- having some health issues. So he's had some kind of scares in the past. So hopefully he can just kind of retire and go on with his life. It's sad the way he had to go out, <laughs> losing to the accountants. But um, you let Brad Davison basically shoot you out of your career bro you let brad davison the man who was so bad this year all they could comment on was how great of a high school quarterback he was put you out of the tournament with a 30 ball that is not good but i will say this i think i I think that it could be good for north carolina because i feel like they need a little bit of a change like i feel like they've kind of been running the same type of off like they it it's it just eh, like you know what i'm saying it's old it needs a i'm change. gonna i'm gonna clip that exact clip and play it whenever tom Izzo retires because i guarantee you that's what you're like the spin will be it's like hey, we could kind of use a change we could like roy williams is an elite coach i don't feel like if they hire wes miller that's not an upgrade <laughs> i mean wait why would i wait why would i say the same thing about Izzo? I'm just like I as you were speaking that out loud. I feel like that's a narrative that I will hear someday. Well, well, I Even mean, if, like if Izzo big... promotes Dwayne Stevens, all of a sudden it's going to be well. You know, he was kind of old, and we've ran the same offense, so it's a good thing. Like, no, 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 it's no, not. no, no, no. When the next state hire comes, it should not come from any. It should not anybody on the current staff right now should not be the head coach, or I will be upset. Well, that's what I don't get with North Carolina. I don't get why. I think it's a mistake to hire internally just to hire internally. That's what Michigan football has been trying to do for decades and it's gotten them nowhere. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm not, I'm a fan of go get the coach that's going to get it done. I don't care. I don't care what, what school he went to. And you're North Carolina. Like you're one of probably five schools in the country that can go get. And you're in North Carolina. You are the school Michael Jordan supports. Like you can, the, the bag is limitless. You can get whoever you want. If, they're willing to go. Go get anyone would be my answer. Right. Uh, and also, Roy Williams kissed center court in his last game at home, and nobody realized it or made a big deal out of it. Like, Did he? Yeah. There's video. Like, literally, they lost to Notre Dame, which horrible loss, by the way. <laughs> and Roy Williams just on the way to the tunnel stops and kisses midcourt, and nobody thought that was a thing at the time. Like – what is North Carolina media doing? Come on. Like if Tom Izzo just kisses the floor after his last home game, you don't think there's 50 stories about what the hell? Very true. Just wild to me. Anyways. Shame on you, uh, North Carolina media. Anyways, Roy, uh, thank you. Respect you. If somehow you stumble upon this podcast, you are a coach I will always associate with my growing up watching basketball. You had great teams, and I'm going to miss you. And I hope we get a new face of North Carolina who's a fun coach and not Wes Miller because that would suck. We always, we always support any ACC coach that hasn't killed somebody. <laughs> always. All right, let's do uh, a word from our sponsors, Cart. Oh, man. I mean, every single episode, I tell you guys that Locker Room is the app. It's happening this past week. Spotify recently acquired the locker room app you heard me right spotify has acquired the locker room app it's growing it's only going up from here it hasn't even 
scratch the surface on where it could be. It's free. Head to the app store, download the locker room app. There's rooms in there all the time. It's gonna be the new hottest social media app and you wanna get on it now because you don't wanna be the person that gets on it at a later time because that'll make you a loser, okay? So get on the app, it's free. Head to the app store. You catch basketball chats in there. I mean, culture chats, music, anything that people talk about, talk about to your friends on a daily basis, it's happening on the app. And now we're getting bigger people on the app as well. I mean, we had coach Ken Hunter from Last Chance U on there today. And I was able to go up and ask him a question like that. You can't do that anywhere else on any other app. Okay, so it's free. Go download it. And of course, you can listen to the sleepers on there. And you can call us out. If we if Greg says something stupid, come up and say Greg's stupid. Yeah. So download the locker room app. Locker room was home to the original Greg Gard is better than Jawan Howard take that was said in the preseason of this college basketball season. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey Loki, let's take this moment to strike Sean down. Okay, because he shows Sean love on the last episode for the Oral Roberts. But that man also said that Greg Gard was an elite coach. That he did. And, and that's he a doesn't lie. stand by it anymore. He doesn't stand by it anymore, thank God. Get the locker room app. Spotify bought them. Huge. They dropped the bag. Uh, good to see for the great people at the locker room app. And there's only more great things in store. Get it in the app store and come chat with the sleepers on the locker room. And we will go back to the sleepers podcast. And let me hold $5, Howard. All right. Uh Let's do a Final Four preview, I guess. We have to, right? <laughs> it hurts so bad. It's okay. It hurts so bad. Okay. I, you want to go team by team, or you want to look at matchups here? Let's go. Let's just go matchups. Okay. So the first one, Gonzaga against the, the sweet Cinderella UCLA Bruins. Gonzaga and go ahead and mortgage that minus 14 and a half. There's no way this is a game, right? There is literally zero chance that Gonzaga does not win this game. I will, I don't know, think of something stupid. I'll eat a whole pepper covered in bleach if Gonzaga loses. Like, there, it's not happening. Okay, I have a thing for you. Okay. If Gonzaga loses to UCLA, I've told you about this before. You have to go to your local breakfast establishment, 24-hour breakfast place, and you're not allowed to leave until you eat the number of waffles that Gonzaga loses by points-wise. So if UCLA wins by three, you have to eat three waffles before you leave. If UCLA wins by 27 you have to eat 27 waffles before you can leave that establishment. I'll one up you on this one, Greg, because I'm going to leave. I'm more confident than that. Wow. Okay. If Gonzaga doesn't win by double digits, so if they win by, let's say they win by nine, for every point that they don't win by, like the difference between nine, I'll eat 10 pancakes. So if they win by, <laughs> if they win by eight, I will eat 20 pancakes. Pancakes, not waffles. Can it? Does it matter? No, pancakes is fine. But you, you'll go to a breakfast establishment and live stream this. Yes, I will get on Sleepers Media, Twitter, or IG, and I will eat whatever the difference is. I will eat ten. 
Okay, let's let's make it five pancakes per minute. Or per I guess, uh, let's go five because I mean, like a ten point win is not out of the question. No, but if it's a ten point win, I'm good. Yeah, but like, I'm just saying that's not the craziest thing ever. You see, if like, they win by if they win by five, then I owe twenty five everyone twenty five pancakes. Okay, deal. I love it. You're a man of the people. I look forward to watching that unfold. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll see it come to fruition. Gonzaga, as much as I hate them, is really, really good. And uh, Gonzaga fans and all these West Coasters are reaping the spoils of that right now. Let me just point something out here, Cart. You can, you can fact check me. You can heat check me here if you want. I'm unimpressed with the route to the Final Four that Gonzaga has had to take right now. I still don't think they've had to play that good of a team. People wanted to act like UCLA is this great team, and Evan Mobley is great. He's great. I I talked myself into Evan Mobley thinking that was going to be a game. It wasn't. Drew Timmy made that man look like a little boy. It was impressive as hell. That said, this has not been an impressive like string of teams they've beaten. Oklahoma, Creighton, and USC – Teams that spent the majority of the season not in the top 25. I mean, Gonzaga still, still to this moment, even counting this UCLA game, hasn't had a stretch of games like any Big Ten team had all season long in conference play. So That's do with that what you will. If they win it all, they might be the best team ever. But we're, we're just not seeing them get tested. Can I, can I say one thing about yeah. Gonzaga and their fandom? Yeah. Uh, this is what I want to say. Stop acting like this team is just like coming out of nowhere. Like no one thought they would do what they're doing. Like who didn't think that Gonzaga was going to do what they're doing right now? Like, honestly, like you guys have one of the greatest constructed teams. Like you have depth, you have all these players. Like, obviously you should be doing this. Okay. Yeah. Those were good non-conference wins. Like that's dope. But like, once you got past that, like, and you had to play in the you know West Coast Conference. Like no one expected you to lose. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're playing teams you're supposed to beat. Like obviously it's not easy to do that. Like teams lose the teams they're not supposed to lose to, a la Michigan, the UCLA. But like let's not act like you guys are just some underdog team that's just like fighting and doing everything they can. And like you weren't the number one team to start the year. Like everyone knew you were good. So just stop crying. Stop crying summarizes all of my thoughts to Gonzaga. Um, so we'll see. They're even like, they're just annoying, man. Like people are bringing up Mark Few as a name that could be like intrigued by a North Carolina offer. And everyone that's a Gonzaga fan is just like, why would he make a lateral move? Are you kidding me? He wouldn't even entertain that. It's not a fucking lateral move. I'm sorry. Like it's fucking North Carolina. And he's going to get paid three times what he is at Gonzaga if he goes to North Carolina and where I'm from tripling your salary is not a lateral move. I don't care if you're going from being a CEO to a janitor, if you're tripling the money you make, that is not a lateral move. A hot take here and hot take that I don't, you know, it's, it's so hot that it's spicing. Like it's, it's really hot. Like ready. Wait, wait, before you say it, let me get this sleepers mug of water that my good friend, Andrew Robeson gave me as a gift this week. Go ahead. Fire. Okay. If Gonzaga wins a national title this year and he's able to say that he finally brought a national title to Gonzaga, he's gone. He did what he had to do. He's gone. 
He reached the top of the mountain. The ceiling's the roof. North Carolina drops the bag. And I think he might consider, and I could see it happening. How about this? Gonzaga Baylor for the national championship and the North Carolina job. And he announces it right after the game. Scott Drew versus Mark Few for the North Carolina head coach position. Yeah. Few, a great storylines. Few versus Drew or we have, oh no, because Michigan blew it. We were going to get it all light skinned. Damn. Now we got Mick Cronin's ugly ass. Uh, Scott Drew, AKA not my Drew. Final four. Shout out Drew. But uh okay, so yeah, Gonzaga by a lot. Yeah, Gonzaga by a lot. I will be betting Gonzaga to cover for the first time this tournament, which means they probably won't. You can thank me if that happens. Uh I think everyone would love to see Gonzaga get tested, but yet again, they're playing a team that didn't win the Pac 12. So whoopty fucking do. Let's see if they can survive that. Uh, and knowing them, they'll probably end up getting Houston instead of Baylor, and it will be one of the easiest paths to a title in NCAA history, and we'll never know how good Gonzaga really was. Let's flip it to Baylor-Houston. I mean, you 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 wanted this to happen. Houston making the Final Four was something you wanted to see. It is something I wanted to see, and I'm happy to see it. And But the thing is, my wish list was Gonzaga-Baylor. But I'm going to pull out some cat stats for you right now, G. I know you love when I bring out the stats. I love the cat stats. I know you love it. And I already said this on our sleeper show earlier this week, but I got to bring it back on the podcast, okay? Uh-oh. Who is the best offensive rebounding team in the country? Well, it was North Carolina. Right, but, they, but Brad Davis and Galen 30, they're no longer a program. So it's Houston. It's Houston. Who is statistically, I think, the worst or one of the worst defensive rebounding teams in the country? In the country, I don't think it's Baylor. Baylor's up there. Not in the country. Bro, they're up there. Trust what, me. What nope. does up there mean? I'm, this is fact check time. Can you check it? You, do you have your desktop right now? I'll fact check it, yeah. Okay. But I'll keep going on my point, but you fact check it. So this is a matchup where, like, Houston could do what they do best. They miss shots. They get shots up on the rim, and they go get it back. And – that is something that they could exploit to win this game. With that said, Houston hasn't played anybody up until this point, and they were literally on the ropes against Rutgers. And as much as I want them to win, and as much as they've been playing super, super well, I still want to see Gonzaga Baylor really, really bad. So I'm going to go with the better team, I think, right now in Baylor, because I think they're hitting their post-COVID or their pre-COVID form now. And they've been playing extremely well. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Baylor, but it's going to be really close. Okay. Interesting. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be close. I'm still fact-checking these numbers right now. Baylor's middle of the pack in the Big 12 in offensive rebounds given up, though. So they're not one of the worst teams in the country. Okay, so I rounded up a couple, all right? They're not good at defensive rebounding, all right? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, they're not, they're a, a bad defensive rebounding team playing the best offensive rebounding team in the country. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Houston is that good. I'll give you that at offensive rebounding. Uh, I, I still think Baylor at their best is as good as Gonzaga. 
I really hope we get to see it. I think it would be the one redeeming thing to this NCAA tournament and the whole season in general if we get such a high-quality matchup. Um, Baylor's also played pretty damn well. I know the the last game was pretty dicey down the stretch, but they I don't think it was ever really within a one-possession game when it really got to crunch time. And I also don't think Baylor's had the easiest path here either compared to Gonzaga and Houston. Speaking of easy paths, Houston literally has had the easiest path to a Final Four ever in NCAA history. That's not an exaggeration. If you add the total seeds together, this is tied with a Michigan State team, actually, for the easiest path to the Final Four ever. Um, I mean, just think about objectively the teams Houston avoided. And we said their region was pretty wide open. But, like, what? They got Syracuse, Oregon State? Like, yeah. They just have, and even those games have been kind. Like they right. blew a seventeen-point lead. Oregon State had them on the ropes for a minute. That's what I'm saying. Like Houston, Houston should have lost to Rutgers. Like they're really lucky to be where they're at. And this narrative that's flipped into Houston was actually the third best team in the country all along is just not the case. And I, I saw like people were re-ranking the teams in the Elite Eight, and everybody had Houston three. And I just don't see it. I think they're incredibly uh, lucky to be where they're at. I think Dejan Giroux is my least favorite player still in the tournament at this point. And that takes a lot because I really hate everybody on Gonzaga right now. <laughs> um, but he, that man has been fake limping for Stop, Greg. a month and a half. Stop. He has. He, he like, First of all, he doesn't even have an injury designation at this point. Like, there's no question he's starting the game. He's playing all his normal minutes. And then as soon as the game is over, like, he gets subbed out with whatever, two minutes left, ten seconds left, the man acts like he needs a wheelchair cart. So, like, that was the first – I know nothing about Dejan Jarrell. I'm just watching this happen. Like He's a dog. That's, that's, that's what you need to know. That's a little odd that he's being so dramatic about it. Then I come to find out, you know, he's a showman. He is the my nickname for Dejan Giroux is the greatest showman because he is the greatest showman of this tournament. He will dedicate his game to his sister's neighbor in third grade who was a little bit mentally disabled, but not all the way, but he still thinks about her all the time. Like that's this is where we're getting to with Dejan Giroux. Right Greg, now. the hate. I just bad just bad take, man. That's all I can say about that. Bad take. I don't think it is a bad take. You keep an eye out. Watch him in this Final Four game. He will play the entire game, look totally fine, play really well, and then whenever he subs out, probably in a 15-point loss to Baylor, uh, he'll get his little curtain call, and he'll literally need to be carried off the floor. All right, man. We'll see. And, wait, again, wait and see. Who, who will he dedicate this game to? Because he did. He was dedicating last game. Who will this game be for? For Carter. Probably mom. Okay, we'll see. He's Great a savage. Showman watch. Um, so yeah, well, I we're both ta- taking Baylor. It sounds like, which mm-hmm. sets up the game of the year, one of the greatest games of all time, potentially Baylor Gonzaga. Uh, I don't think we. Well, actually, we could do a podcast before that game. I think we we probably will. Let's do it. Let's hold ourselves to it. We're going to hold ourselves from making any predictions right we now. Can, we, we can record Sunday, record, right? Record Sunday, drop Monday morning. Okay, cool. All right, we'll hold off on that then. That's official. You'll get our in-depth thoughts on hopefully Gonzaga Baylor at that point. Um, you won't get any 
live stuff. We are not going to the final four because I am devastated and Carter backed out seven times. Hey man, keep your family close. Keep your loved ones close. Always make mom and dad happy at the end of the day. That's all who matters. This man, this man on the other end of this podcast really acted like Easter was like a new thing that got scheduled like a week ago. You know, I just find it funny that Dave and Connie put all this money into your Catholic education and you are over here downplaying the beauty that is Easter. How dare you? Father Ant would be ashamed. <laughs> Father Ant would be ashamed. Uh, okay. Fair point, Carter. Let's end the podcast on that note. Do you have any final words for the people before the final four? Uh, last thing I'll say is I think after all we've been through this year, uh, I'm glad that we're having this, like the tournament actually went through knock on wood. Like let's hope it finishes out strong. We actually get a championship game, get a final four, get all that. But after this whole year, I think the fans really deserve Baylor versus Gonzaga. So like that, we need that to happen. Um, so I hope that happens and, uh, I'm excited for off season sleepers. We're still going to have a lot of content coming up. We got some interviews lined up, uh, going to have some really good guests on the show. So I'm really excited about that. I love that. And I hope that UCLA beats Gonzaga by 15 and you have to eat how many pancakes would that be? 25 times five, 125 pancakes. I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> Well, <laughs> be our best content to date if that happens. Uh, what's the pancake spot? You got to have one picked out right now. What's the local? East uh, so there's so the best pancakes around me would be at OHOP, which is the original house of pancakes, but also not the most cost efficient pancakes. Because if I'm eating that many pancakes, I'm not paying for that. So I probably just like go down the street. There's an IHOP or a Denny's or something. Okay. Well, you'll be able to make that decision after the game. Yeah. Or not. You're still, are you still 10 out of 10 confident? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. I'm glad you feel good. All right. Well, I'll, uh, a couple people asked me for this, even in, in light of the Michigan loss, probably doing a mental health check on me, but, uh, I'm going to sign off with, with my words, Carter. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the hoops. Unless your team sucks. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.